now, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath Peter Mullen. As we kick off our Tuesday afternoons each and every week, Peter Mullen, health and wellbeing, one for the kiddies, or Peter, one today for people who have kiddies. Good afternoon. Yeah, that's right. Whether they're kids, your kids or grandkids. I or... don't have any kids, Peter. <laughs> oh, you mean the listener. Gotcha. The listener. It's not just about you and I, Mark. <laughs> it's not all about me. <laughs> so we're going to set them up to thrive today. Uh, yeah, that's it. Like, we're already a month into the new school year. Um, and even this week, I had a six-year-old come in and sort of say to me how fast he thought the year was going. So remember when we were kids? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was a kid. I, I, I really do believe that, like, the, the year just went on forever. School holiday, like, you know, Wednesday was a real, the hump day, like a week took forever. But now, like, life seems to be going so fast. So for our kids to be noticing it, I don't think that's necessarily a good sign, so... Peter, we're going to sort of take it back to some of the, uh, with kids' health in particular, you say it ain't what it used to be. Yeah, look, and we've discussed that before on the show, how much um, kids' health is different to when we were kids. Um, you know, just even when we were kids, there was no nut-free schools and nut-free this and nut-free that. Yeah, the nut but jobs were the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a lot of angry callers, I reckon. Now, most of mine were all right, except, no, we'll move on. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so our kids' health isn't what it used to be, you know, increased incidence of all sorts of issues. And um, today I thought I'd talk a bit about um, probably the three three big areas that I would see a lot of with kids, and we see a lot of kids, is um, around anxiety and behavioural issues, um, allergies and intolerances, and... Um, a lot of gut stuff as well. And with the anxiety and the nervous system stuff comes, you know, trouble sleeping and things like that as well. So I thought we'd touch on that. And last week we had a really great... Last two weeks we've had some really great call-ins about... um, Call-ins, is that a proper word? That's a, that's a thing, about anxiety and some, <laughs> some remedies. So if we're talking kids with anxiety, this is obviously something that is on the rise or at least in, in some of the practices we're seeing more of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's on the rise and we're more aware of it, you know, as well. And you know, So do those thing, are those things actually the same or are they separate? Are we just more aware of it and we're able to put a right label on it or are we actually seeing more? And if it's more, why? Well, I think it's a, a bit more of the second. Yes, we're seeing more mm. of it, and yes, we're noticing it more as well. But, um, yeah, it's definitely on, on the increase for sure. And no one's 100% sure what causes anxiety, why some people are more predisposed. There are some interesting thoughts around, um, like, genetics and fam- family patterns, you know, and and certain personality types, which probably comes back to genes a little bit as well. So... So we if, we, if we're not 100% sure of what is the what goes on inside of us, but we are yes. seeing more of it, therefore life has to have changed. So what's changed? Well, that's the interesting thing. They're talking about um, what's called the exposome, which is that, you know, if there's genetic predispositions, and we know this particularly with autoimmune, autoimmune, you have to have the genetic predispositions develop autoimmune. Um, but you can have the genes, but they don't necessarily get triggered. So someone can have the gene for celiac, but never actually get celiac. It never gets triggered off. Someone else can have the gene for celiac, go to Bali for two weeks, get a bad gut bug, and come home and now be a celiac. So I'm suspecting that with our kids that there, there are maybe possibly genetic predispositions that are being triggered off by toxins, by the microbiome being out of balance, by pace of life, by whole host of things, and that, and by traumatic events, you know. So I think um, 
that, that our resilience to cope with these sorts of things has become affected. Maybe. That's my theory around it anyway, but definitely we're seeing an increase. With one of the other points you were, you were going to bring up, which is the al whole allergy thing, um, is there a spot for toxins generally, do you think, to be a problem there? Or, I mean, why are we seeing more allergies? Uh, well, we might, go, we might go into that in the next will. section. I'd like to keep okay. you, you know, hanging on every word. Okay. What would you like to talk about now, Peter? <laughs> um, so some of the symptoms now, it's really interesting. Like um, I've had a fellow in this week that I've seen and we were talking about his health symptoms. So he came in, he said he was tired. Um, and that was pretty much his tired and he's just a bit, bit flat. But when we discussed it further, he actually is suffering, I think, suffering from symptoms of anxiety. So what's interesting with our kids, sometimes we might think about our kids' behaviour and not necessarily equate that what they're actually suffering from is anxiety. So some of the ways that you might see with your kids or grandkids is if they ask the same question over and over. You know, what time are we leaving? What time are we... Like, um, do they have trouble concentrating? Can be a sign of anxiety. Um, do they seem ev easily overwhelmed? If you say in the morning, this afternoon, we've got soccer practice and then they come home from school and you say, right, no, we've changed their mind, we're going to go and do this and they have a meltdown, that can be a sign that they're struggling with some anxiety. Um, and, you know, often sleeping. Oh, that's that fellow I saw this week was having sleeping trouble as well. So sometimes we don't always correlate these symptoms as being, when you put it all together, you can say, well, oh, there could be a bit of an anxiety or a, a nervous system type problem. Um, so our challenge from a naturopath point of view is to look at um, some, of the, some of the underlying causes. You know, is it stuff to do with um, stress in the house? You know, a mum and dad having some difficulties. So sometimes, again, pointing these things out to parents can help everyone get on, on the same page about how to help that child. Um, Oftentimes, you know, if there's gut issues, we'll talk about it in a bit, but getting tested for food intolerances. I've had kids in the past that when we cut out certain foods, their gut health improved and they seemed calmer as well. Um, every child, and also, you know, reducing sugar, processed foods, additives and preservatives. Some additives and preservatives have been shown to, you know, cause behavioural changes, you know, with kids with ADD. And so just on all of the food stuff there, yeah, would that necessarily be something that is added recently that could cause a problem or could be something that you've, the kids have had for quite a while and finally the system's gone enough. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it might have been a, you know, stressed at school with some bullying or something like that and that can be enough to trigger an anxiety mm. type situation. So it can be sort of a number of factors and then there's, you know, often one last straw that breaks the camel's back, particularly with adults. But, you know, I imagine kids are the same. I went to a talk recently and the lady talking was a child psychologist. She was saying that you, your child's behaviour is, is, is not the problem, it's the behaviour that tells us that there's something out of balance with them or something that's not right with them. So kind of like their behaviour, whether it's anxiety or behavioural issues, are more, is more symptomatic of something that's not right in their little system or in their little world and that's what we have to stop and come back and look at because there's no point just focusing on the behaviour or giving them something for anxiety if, you know, there's issues with bullying at school, if they're reacting to additives and preservatives, if they've got an intolerance or an allergy to something that they're coming in contact with. Um, so always, you know, each child's unique, um, always a mixture of underlying causes. 
Um, but some of my favourite nutrients for anxiety and behavioural challenges with kids are um, magnesium. Um, there's been some good research around magnesium helping with brain health generally, a little bit around magnesium being beneficial for ADD, ADHD, concentration issues. Um, but again, it's really important to get a really good quality practitioner strength uh, magnesium and make sure you get your dosages sorted out properly. Um, zinc as well. And um, a lot of kids I find are low in zinc and magnesium. And often those kids that, you know, won't eat a wide range of foods, you know, they're sort of restricted to they'll eat mm-hmm. only white well, things eat like white and, yeah. potato and... Um, often if you can correct their zinc deficiencies, it sounds like an old wives' tale, but kids will actually start to eat a wider range of foods. Um, and often with kids, we'll use some of our um, really wonderful calming herbs like chamomile. Um, sometimes I'll use a small amount of kava with kids that have anxiety if we really need to get them you know, out of that acute situation while we look at underlying, supporting their system underlying and... You know, and a big issue with these kids is trying to get them back into better sleep patterns because if they sleep better, their anxiety will be better as well. So that's off screens, which we'll talk about in a little while as well. Getting your kids to thrive. And one of the things, Petty, want to talk about now is allergies and intolerances. And I guess why are we seeing so much more of this? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the question because it is. It's, it's a pretty good one. I made it up myself. Fantastic yeah. question. And because um, I remember when I was a kid, like, you didn't hear any of that. Like, I don't think I even knew anyone at my school that was on an asthma puffer. Well, everybody had a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. Uh, you had a you know, bag of peanuts. Nobody had uh, any sort of reaction to no, it. Or no. pretty much anything. You didn't really hear of people having uh, allergies, like allergic reactions. Yep. And, and, there's, and there's, again, no one knows why. Um, there's theories, you know, one theory is the hygiene hypothesis that as we become you know, more um, particular about cleaning and sterilising babies' bottles and, you know, not letting them play in the dirt and, you know, eat a bit of dirt and do all of that. That's one theory that we're too too clean now and their immune system can't cope. Um, I personally think it's probably got a lot to do with changes to their microbiome in from mother to mother. Like the microbiome is transferred from the mother when she has her daughter and then when her daughter has her child then it's the microbiomes being handed on from generation to generation so i think as the microbiome shifted i think we're seeing kids are being born a lot more reactive or allergic that's one of my theories and then maybe you know always you know we think about toxins in the environment but i think the way they affect our immunity is through affecting that gut balance which because 60 to 70 percent of immunity is around the gut you're going to have issues so yeah so we see a lot of kids with eczema um, asthma, you know, those sorts of conditions as well. So it's not just the traditional anaphylaxis sort of, well, not traditional, but it's not just anaphylaxis to peanuts and egg or whatever. It's also an increase in things like eczema and asthma, which aren't always a proper true allergy, but like that often will have a component in it as well. So we're seeing a lot more of this stuff generally. Yeah, mm. yeah. And again, from a naturopath point of view, we always focus on the gut. Um, so are you finding that as you make that focus, uh, are you finding that uh, the kids are getting out of this stuff? Yes. Okay, yes. great. Not so much. I haven't, I haven't had a great deal of success. It's very hard to treat anyone that, say, is allergic to, to egg or allergic to mm. peanuts. Um, there was a good study done not too far away, a, few, a couple of years back, where they were doing um, desensitisation for peanut allergy. 
and often what happens so that's an injection you have once a month often for years and then get retested to see whether you're becoming less particularly for people that are anaphylactic um, but often what they found is when they stopped giving the desensitizing injections for some people their peanut allergy would come Just back. Just back. So what they did find in this study was that if they combined their desensitization with a probiotic containing a specific strain of bacteria called um, LGG or, or um, remnosis something or other um, LGG strain that they actually that the actual desensitizing held. So I think her name was um, Mimi Tang don't quote me but anyway it's there there's a there's a, a thing there you can go and if you google um, peanut allergy and probiotics then you'll be able to find that that research the trick with that though is I mean do you really want to be taking an injection forever just so that you, it's just easy to say well I'm allergic and I'll just bypass uh, the product look, I think I think the challenge is for a lot of people is is that the contact with those foods can be so much um, harder to avoid these days as well well, so, how, how often do you pick up a, a product in the supermarket and said, you know, this may have trace yeah, elements of yeah. peanuts, egg and whatever yeah, so else? so many things too, particularly eating out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we see a lot of kids with eczema and, again, eczema responds really well to treating the gut, getting off reactive foods. Often we'll do a food intolerance test and always provide, um, provide a, the right strain of probiotic, the LGG strain. strain. Um, also, vitamin C and zinc for these kids as well, I find is really good for help to balance that immune system. Um, and tummy upsets, tummy problems are the third area that I see a lot of with kids. So anxiety, sleep and behaviour, um, allergies, eczema, asthma, number two, and tummy stuff. So, um, you know, a lot of parents come in and their kids are complaining of having tummy pain all the time or feeling nauseous or... And often that relates back to uh, maybe food intolerances, a very common thing I'm seeing a lot more is where kids, their parents think they're going to the toilet properly, but they're actually chronically constipated. Um, and, you know, maybe doing sneaky poos or always skid marks on their undies often indicate that they're actually not clearing the bowel out properly. Um, and then, you know, things like, um, yeah, um, appendicitis. Like, you've always got to differentiate what else might be going on, and we always walk it, working with the doctor, but often dietary change, making sure the bowel's clearing properly, getting onto a probiotic. Often these kids are, you know, quite easy to sort out. So they're probably the three major areas that I would see. Peter, having a look at some of the things that have, you know, got the kids in all sorts of strife these days, we looked at uh, the food allergies and tolerances, having a look also earlier um, at anxiety. I guess uh, a few handy hints for parents so that they can set their kids up to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. And the first area is always diet. And and what's funny is like a lot of kids, and some people put it down to parenting, but I think a lot of kids do seem to be a lot more sensitive or, you know, taste sensitive, but also texture sensitive these days as well. So there's definitely some challenges with parents there about getting their kids onto as healthier food healthiest diet as possible and isn't that in, that's no different though i mean when we were all kids you'd look at something you don't like the texture of you don't like the look of it so therefore you don't like it maybe but i think but i think we probably ended up eating it i don't know it's a whole question about behavior or like whether these but i think i, I personally think that that kids actually like i've got some kids that will gag if you even put that food near their mouth so and there may be the kids that also have anxiety as well. So there's definitely a bit more complex. But getting onto a whole food, you know, organic food diet as much as possible, but just mainly increasing their vegetable matter, like their plant matter, fruit, or not without overdoing the fruit, but 
Um, one of my um, young mums gives her kids a smoothie every morning and she blends in, you know, frozen banana and frozen berries maybe with some almond milk. But she'll sneak in a couple of handfuls or a handful of green baby spinach, which is fairly tasteless, tasteless a bit of avocado, and then puts a bit of raw cacao in it so it looks like a chocolate drink. Oh, that's that's sneaky. So that's that's good. So there's ways around it for sure. And you're getting that that cho- <coughs> chocolatey type of sensation, sensation. without actually having yep. a bit of chocolate. Yeah. Um, number two, cut out additives and preservatives. And you know, for a lot of kids, that makes a massive difference. Um, you can buy a little book that tells you what the numbers are. But um, my wife Dana always says, doesn't matter what the numbers are, just try and don't give your kids anything with a number in it. And then we move on to some of the modern-day uh, concerns, screen time. Uh, yes, yes. So limiting screen time. Um, there's a, we've got a good blog on our website that people can have a look at, but there's a lot more research coming out about the effects of things like mobile phones. Um, they've cha- apparently changed the aerial to put it at the bottom, so where the World Health Organization actually has just recently classified the mobile phone as a carcinogenic agent. So it's finally happened. It's finally mm. happened. The World Health Organization is now saying that your mobile phone will increase your risk of cancer. I'm interested. That's disturbing, isn't I, it? So I, I know moving kind of sideways a little bit, but I wonder why with all this stuff that's happening in that space, yes. um, I'm sort of getting some messages randomly from my telco and they're actually giving you tips um, on how to lower or minimise your electromagnetic exposure. Yeah, so, interesting. I don't know if this is kind of like, you know, down the road we can see what might be coming, so Absolutely. we're sort of jumping in ahead of the game. We're going to start to put disclaimers on things now so that, you know... But um, apparently the problem is they've moved the wireless apparently to the bottom end of the phone, so it's not against your head, but now it's possibly going to start to affect your thyroid gland. So your thyroid function... Is thyroid is very sensitive to toxins. I know we're talking about kids, but mm-hmm. we might do another thing on mobile phones. Um, limiting screen time. So the blue light that comes from screens, if your kids are on screens after 7 o'clock or over night time... Get them off it. Um, it can take their brain two hours to relax enough then for them to be able to go to sleep. So, And then you've got all the issues with Facebook and cyberbullying and all of that as well. But so many of my young kids are getting addicted to these things and the teenagers are not getting to bed till early hours of the morning because they're up all night on these screens. and So it's a massive problem. And that's massively different. I'm being in high school, again, what, a couple of decades ago, you didn't have that. So, I mean, unless the only... It's new. The only yeah. contact socially you had was uh, maybe that phone call, which you knew was coming at 8 o'clock at night from whoever. <laughs> and um, you'd race to the phone, no, stay away, I'm getting the phone. Once that was over, that was it. It was and, done. and to have a private conversation, you had to take your phone off. Oh, you the move hook. it to the next. No, we moved it to the next room. We had a. Um, the, it was in the kitchen next to the fridge, so you could just move slightly into the dining room, close the doors, lock it all up, turn the music up in that room, and, and have that, your that conversation. Was your privacy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we might do a bit more about mobile phone and screen time um, with kids because it basically, you know, with. Um, with my son, like, we, we made a rule that was no Xbox during the week. So I think not doing screen times at all during the week except for homework. Looks pretty um, good. Looks pretty good. Peter, got to move very quickly through the last couple. Taking control of the pace of life, slow it down, and some great social activities with the fam. Absolutely. So family time is critical, time in nature. Um, don't overbook your kids. You know, we're all complaining how busy life is. If you've got one social outing of a weekend, that's enough. See, I, I look at the kids in our family, and they're, I mean, I'm not saying I've got a light schedule by any means, but their schedule's far more intense yeah. than mine, yeah. and they're 10 and 8 and 4. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. So, I mean, kids don't need to be busy. They, they need time to just go out the backyard and play in the garden. So I think we need to get off that roundabout of busy, 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 busy. Peter, it all looks pretty good. And just very quickly, making sure you have a nice family social weekend that's away from the, away from the tech, it's low-key, and, and just have some, have some bloody fun. Yeah, absolutely. When, um, when Matthew was little, whenever he got crook, it was always assigned to us as a family that we had to cancel everything, social or otherwise, and just spend time together as a family. So I think... Our kids know, you know, what they need. It's just we've got to listen. Uh, big one on the radio next week. If your notes are correct, you want to have a look at acne. So we're going for the kids yeah. to teenagers. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Peter, thank you as always. Uh, a great you, program, Health and Wellbeing. You have a great week. Talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.